Welcome to Beachside Nerd Volume 4. Hello, hello, hello. This is. Wait, we're on the fourth one already? Yeah, we're on four. Oh, okay. I thought we were on five, but okay. I, I was jumping the gun. What's going on, Evo? I'm here, headcase. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, we're leaning into the corny. So, welcome to another episode of Beachside Nerds where we sit down and we talk about nerd stuff and hopefully not bore you to death today we have a few topics as usual and we're gonna start off kyle you ready remy you ready yes yeah we're gonna be dealing with printed material versus digital material or should i say physical versus digital and my my major gripe with this because i i wanted to talk about this because kyle said something a couple episodes back that triggered me okay and it, it made me a bit irritable and what got me triggered was how you would find that more often than not digital prices for things are pretty close to the physical counterpart and i never quite understood that because it probably costs a quarter of the price to put out digital things <laughs> then again you never know there might there might be like a lot more that goes into the digital publishing of things because you have lots of teams you have to pay to. Really? You you, you think so? No. Because there's only one production and then you decide what the the media the um medium is going to be. You see the thing about it, because of where I work, I know from the production team that it goes to a different format when you're going to do digital. You change the format. The format is much different when you're going to actually print it out because the thing about it you have to look at color rendering and uh, the thing uh, you see a color on on the screen doesn't mean it's going to come out exactly it's not going to print like print, that print like yeah that. I, I have some experience in that area exactly. as well because so, i used to work in print production all that comes into play exactly the whole print production part of it comes into play so you have to now go and refine mm-hmm. things refine software that can give you that right color i mean I'm, I'm not sure if it if it still works on these kind of basis but i remember on your screen your screen is generally rgb which is red green blue yes and print is usually cmyk which is cyan magenta yellow, yellow. and black yes. k is black right yes. yeah so if you switch something from rgb to cmyk the colors are a little it's like the colors i say like rgb colors kind of pop more am i right about that i'm not i can't i can't remember exactly this is a you long see, long it time comes into but rgb uh, rgb aren't primary colors yes red green blue yeah yeah they're primary colors so i would think that they would have a, a stronger visual impression well they pop more on the screen like cmyk colors look a bit different on the screen when you print them out now you will get different results especially if you if you try to print things in rgb you'll get weird results that's why you have to switch it up that's how the incredible hulk came out gray instead of green right? yeah or green well, instead of gray. it's not that they, they just ran out of ink actually. They, no, they literally know that's what they said they ran <laughs> out of the ink they ran it out enough to, uh, to make it gray to print it gray so they're just like what we, we do what we do hey, hey 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 just make it green it no matter so, so what you're saying is, okay, basically a lot of lore in different stories is, is as a result of some kind of mishap that happens in well, that was trying a, to find that the was mythology, the the trying to find the mythology behind technical issues. <laughs> hey, technical issues have brought many interesting products in the world, like but, Viagra. But, oh my God, let's not get distracted here. <laughs> let's stay, <laughs> let, let's try to be professional for once and stay the course. So, um, I would look at, I mean, of course, we, we've all been using computers and stuff like that. We see how easy it is to copy and paste files. Isn't that what's happening when you have like an ebook or something like that? You're purchasing books on Amazon. You're downloading multiple copies. Mm-hmm. 
it's not like they have to worry about storage space as far as yeah. how many of their copies is just print just copy that particular file and download so i heard one thing where they were saying that the cost of digital products is to protect the continuation of physical products to make them competitive yes because you're going to devalue it if you don't keep it up to that yeah. right standard and you definitely have some people that still a lot of people and i think it would continue going generation generation even into the future there's some sentimental value to having a physical copy of a book you can like, touch it it is there like you don't feel the same at uh, even even with manga which took me, that took me a while to actually ever consider buying an actual physical manga but like i see when people have i've seen i've seen people with stacks of volumes of manga and i can see that they have some pride and attachment yeah. to owning them meanwhile my all the manga i've read are just kind of fleeting in the yeah in the void i don't have any hard copies of any of them i but, I have to go back and, and google and find the chapter some of these sites get shut down and stuff you know i find that um well okay so as far as manga is concerned we were introduced to those primarily through the digital format i i am a collector of things and i do have sentimental value for books but i found myself in a situation now where i don't quite have that level of attachment anymore and i was examining that the other day and it felt almost as if like because we're almost dying with options there, mm-hmm. there's so much content out there there's so so many books being printed and our time is so limited that we don't get to engage with them as much as possible and space is an issue i'm sure space is an issue for you guys yeah well. is it kyle yes is yes is an issue Wait, what are you talking about? Digital? No, in no. terms in terms of physical, physical, physical space. Physical, you, yeah, you of course, up, of course, you end up with be. you end up with dusty shelves full of full of books that you yeah, probably trust me, haven't read again since you got them. <laughs> right, because there's so much other things to read. Yeah, you know, lot, there's so much possible. There's so much new things that I think I think people rarely actually go back to or like revisit old things, like unless they are like many times better than the previous than anything else that's come out. You don't find people like revisiting old. Sometimes, like you, a lot of old books. When like you're trying that. to remember some things, and it's like, hey, you can look up a page or something mm-hmm. to find a sometimes quote. Sometimes you or... might not looking up a page. Sometimes it's just to immerse yourself because you've been caught with everything around you for so long, and you now want to just reimmerse yourself into the things that you love. For instance, every few years, I have to. Uh, Literally, I had to reread or watch over all of One Piece. <laughs> every, every That's never years. happening. No, I do. No, I'm serious. I do that. I Dude. would watch, read it over or watch it over to like fill back in the what gaps. What is wrong got... with you? One Piece is still going. At the time of this. No, 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 no. no. One Piece is still One going. One Piece has like 1, over a thousand chapters. and 84 chapters. You can hear the pride in his voice, right? There is no way. Like that makes me not even want to start reading it. The hey, fact that it has that many. There chapters. are other things out there, but uh, uh, that uh, have many chapters, and if you're good at reading, those I'm things breeze through so fast. It's not I'm funny. sorry. All I'm seeing right is my TBR, my to be read list, and how long it is. And I'm looking at the fact that I am basically middle way in my life. I have deteriorating eyesight so i want to make use of the time that i have as a healthy individual and to go back and revisit those things i'm i'm actually comfortable with not accurately remembering stuff to me that also helps with with conversation especially if you're you're 
conversing with somebody who has read those material. I, I think it's kind of fun. And there's so many other things to consume to, to really go back. But sticking to the, the, the point of digital versus physical. Why it should be cheaper. What? <laughs> and well which it is the cheap the, the cheaper aspect of it is is one thing the pricing is one and i i get you know with it with their ex, excuse that okay well yes you're trying not to outprice physical out of the market mm-hmm. right okay because people would have that concern for some things i would definitely prefer to have a physical with books i would prefer to have physical i find mm-hmm. reading books digitally is distracting for me because i get caught up in all the other things that are happening i can't truly focus but for video games i'm not hanging up on on physical anymore it's just yeah physical should be done with video games and also maybe that's a different discussion but charging 70 60 70 dollars for games is ridiculous because half, like half of what comes out is unfinished yeah you're basically like i've i've seen maybe 10 games have come out just in the past couple of months and all of them have just been terrible because they don't spend any time on these things like, do you do you think that we should be paying for dlcs i think paying for dlcs when you know that things are fixed in a game makes sense like if like expanding on it like a Back in the day when you had, um, for instance, like StarCraft. StarCraft had the expansion, which was Brood War. And StarCraft was already an established good game. Mm-hmm. And then Brood War came out and it was worth buying the expansion. So expansions make sense, but you but not really in the fixing a already broken product. Not, thing. Like, a, you not should, like a patch. Yeah, you should, be, you should be fixing a product to its full potential before. Or that final level that yeah. you didn't have time to put in. Yeah. Yeah. You should give that to for free, and then, <laughs> then ask. I think the the best the best way to satisfy customers, and if you really want to be greedy and get money from it, is aesthetic. Mm. Like skins and stuff is the best way, because you have a game that works, and then you just release skins and cosmetics and stuff. People will buy that stuff because they like the game. Yeah, and then maybe they want to cosplay as a, a different character or something within the game. Cosmetic stuff that's fine. And this but, is this is a definite um positive for digital a digital product yeah right being um, able to update it <laughs> right because back in the day you get the you buy a physical game that's it it's yes, done with it's done that was, you know <laughs> that was it i still like buying the digital the physical ones i'm jealous why just to say i have it because you buy the physical it, game you put it in you have on. to patch the game no, with hold another hold on, hundred you know, gigabytes you know was the issue with that back in the day before a, a lot of the cloud-based games and digital signatures and so forth when you put that on your system your system is not registered and your system goes bad that's it you're gone it's gone forever but that's that's not how it works now i know exactly no no it's more convenient to do it digital. back in the day it made sense but back in the day it didn't no, make sense like you have a, a digital game it's probably on steam you yeah. always have access well to i'm talking about like if you have a playstation or so forth you even, definitely have to even have on playstation, PlayStation or whatever you you your account is separate from your actual console, so you can always access. You can, you can always, always download your account on another console. It wasn't download that, it wasn't that simple. That you own digitally. It wasn't that simple a few years ago. Well, it's simple now. Now that's <laughs> a, now it's interesting that you said that because it brings up another point concerning physical versus digital, and it's the idea of ownership. Mm-hmm. With a physical product, you bought it, you own it, right? Show proof. Uh, it's it's yours. Nobody can take it away from you unless they. They break Probably. into your house and they physically steal it. Oh, yeah, it was but with a digital product now, you have the issue that 
you're not actually owning it, but you're licensing it, and that they can retroactively like edit the the commodity, mm-hmm. right? So you have a book, and suddenly they found out that, or they they come up with the idea that there are certain contents within that book that you have that is not conducive to modern culture and that it needs to be edited. So they go back and they just edit the book. So you don't have that original version anymore. Or we see positives of of stuff like that where you can get additional content easily in terms of DLC added characters and that kind of stuff. What do you guys think about that? That you you don't own the product anymore. That you're you're just borrowing it. You're licensing. Uh, personally, I don't have any problem with with that. I don't have no problem with it either. But you don't sound let like me, a collector. Let me let me bring let me. <laughs> yeah, bring, I'm not a collector. Hold on, let me bring uh, an example of something to you. How many Mona Lisas are there in the world? One. One. Multiple. How many originals are there? Okay, there's one original. Okay. <laughs> with the original pricing. Mona Lisa's priceless, bro. Okay. Do you know what an NFT is? A scam. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the whole thing of digital comes into play. You are now having your own art, which is unique digital signature to spe- uh, to say, hey, this belongs to you. No, you soon. don't. Yes, you do. No, you don't. You don't own that art. Yes, you do. You bought no. it. You paid for it. No. It is yours. It's unique. No, that's not that's not your art. It's digital. It's yours. You, you paid for it. You don't own it. You, how, how do you not own it? Did I not pay ba- for it? Based on my... Okay, correct like me if, if I'm I... wrong. But based on my understanding of NFTs is that you don't really own the piece. You have rights to use it in certain things. Like in, in, in... So you own it. It's not the if same. If I have the right to use it however I feel... Like if I want to take it up and put it at the side of my house. Uh, print it and put it at the side of my house. And be like, hey! And no, no, no. Can, I, you, I, can you sell an NFT? You can. Uh, you can sell them. But the thing is, it's just digital and the thing about it, anything you have, image you have on the internet can be copied everywhere and so forth. Yes, they don't have the rights still, but I can put that up as on my wallpaper and everything. Yeah, I'll forget you and so forth. You have to pay maybe a whole ton of money or a bit of money for this picture while I just say, it's on the internet, you show the I had that picture, I just screenshot your picture of you showing me your picture. And I just like blow it up and just use it. I, I think that you are kind of getting into different well, people's thing. view on ownership. Because some it, people would buy that and think, yeah, this is mine now. I own it. But it's still digital and physical because digital, again, it's the whole aspect of what you view as <laughs> ownership for something. Digital, it has some, yeah, well, in the current day and age, it has almost the same value as something physical. Okay, the way, aspect. the way um I understood NFTs and all the drama surrounding it is um, the best example was a product and a receipt. And with the NFTs, you purchase the receipt for the product, not the actual product itself. Yeah, that's that's basically what it is. You you get well, you get a receipt to say that you own this product and can use it in X amount of capacities. Whatever, and you have the right to sell it onto somebody else, and it, it can also accrue value based on that. Like, just as if you had a book that maybe there was only 10 copies of or whatever in your house, and you wait years and you keep it in good condition. But a lot of those things still depend on so many different factors for it to work out. Because you could argue you buy a one of a kind book. Well, not, not even one of a kind. Most times books don't come like that. But you are, you get a book that's only the first 10 copies assigned by the author or whatever. You get one of those 10 copies. You have it in your house. And it's not. It's just on your bookshelf or whatever. It gets worn by the weather and, and dusty and whatnot. Maybe some, some termites or something eat some of the pages. <laughs> now you've, 
you have a worthless book. Actually, <laughs> are you sure it's still worthless? Actually, it's not worthless exactly. because all of these wear and tear add character to the book. And become high value collectors, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and antiques. Yeah. So, what uh, are you talking about? When you send it, when you send it to the, the people and then they do the, the ratings or whatever, like Pokemon cards and stuff like that, grade, isn't it? That's they not a grade nine anymore. No, 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 those those so people far. don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> That's true a grade book one collectors, book. <laughs> true book collectors understand the worth of a book. Every crease, every crack in the spine, you know, every crumpled up paper, every coffee stain, every smudge of chocolate, you know, or something. Although you trust me, the world of book collectors <laughs> and certain type of collectors is different from trading card collectors. It's a different caliber of people. Yeah, Way understood. older. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What does all of this have to do with printed? versus physical but it, versus that, but because that. we segued into NFT and I'm trying to figure out how this no because it's the whole this, thing of the NFT value NFT is a digital media it's that's digital and then you have physical so it uh, comes down the worth and value of something it's saying like somebody day. somebody does a painting and then they make a digital copy of the painting and sell it as an NFT well, okay. I mean there's there's, there's so, honestly lots of arguments for whether you should get I guess the digital aspect the digital aspect is this should be cheaper. So if you're just getting it for the content, you just want to read a book, you just want to, to follow a series or whatever, it's cheap it's, and you can stand reading on a Kindle or reading on a screen as opposed to having a physical copy in your hand and pouring over it with a cup of coffee in your hand or whatever. Yeah. You should be, you probably be fine with that, but some people are not fine with that. Some people want to collect a printed version, which is likely more expensive and likely like gonna take more time to get to you. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, it's about aesthetic. I don't think, I don't think either one is, is bad or good. They're like more preferential. Yeah. Which one do you prefer? I, I think, I think I would like you, Glenn, to explain. Like, why your actual, your gripe with one or the other. Why you prefer X version over the other version. Okay. I'll stick with books. Physical books. Yeah. Well, for each, for each one, I, I prefer one or the other. Typically, I would like to own some. Mm. If I, if I find that I have sentimental value or I've developed sentimental value for something, I would prefer to have it a physical copy to mm-hmm. display because, you know, I'm human, right? I find in in regards to music, I no longer care having physical copies. I don't even care to have copy files of music on my devices anymore because mm-hmm. I just stream everything on YouTube or or um, Apple Spotify, music, right? Spotify, right. something. Like that. Uh, movies, even worse. I've never been a fan of actually collecting movies, so I would just stream them and go on about my day. But in regards to something like games, mm-hmm. I would have liked to have physical copies. But now just the fact that I'm able to have an account, like let's say a, a Microsoft account or a PlayStation account, and my games are in my library, that's okay. You know, as long mm-hmm. as I keep paying for my subscription, I have it. With books, it's different because books have an extra special place in my heart. So would tend to get physical copies. Mm-hmm. Now, I stuck to physical copies because when I switched to digital... When I started getting digital copies of books, I found that I was beginning to spend more money on books than when I was just buying physical. And it's not because I was buying more and more books. It was I would purchase a book digitally and then I would like the book and want to own it physically. So then I go and I buy it again physically (laughs) to own that. So I'm I'm making double purchases. 
To which I was thinking, yo, why don't these companies just say, hey, look, you buy a digital version, you can, if you like, you can opt in for a free physical version because you already purchased the book. Or maybe the other way around. Or purchase a physical purchase copy physical and get copy a free digital get copy. Because copy, yeah. yes. it costs them nothing, you know? But it's 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 marketing, it's, it's business, right? Gotta well, com- companies will always want you to just pay twice for the same product. Because it means they did they, they had to do half the work to get twice the profit. Uh, let, let's go into yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, sending an email to Amazon, right? That's a <laughs> lot of work. Yeah. Now let's go into the whole thing or the physical aspect of things. Sometimes this is the aesthetic. We are gamers. I walk into your house. You say, "Hey, my collection of games. You just have a one standing or two standing systems, and an empty room and a big screen TV, surround sound, whatever. That's it." Okay, you live in the hold on, hold on, no. Listen to me, right? There's aesthetic to you walk into a guy's house now. You look up shelves of games. Just like mm, the atmosphere is there. You it's like hold on. I walk into a library. If I walk into somebody's house and I see like a a wall full of like PlayStation games going all the way back and stuff like that, I think they're weird. <laughs> you no. know what that sounds like to me? Yeah. That sounds like that sounds like a um a marketing a business idea. Because as you're talking, right, Kyle? Yeah. Suddenly, I can imagine a, a, a standing screen about the size of a bookshelf mm. digitally displaying your, <laughs> you know, your e-bookshelf or your, your gaming shelf. And people can swipe and look at your games that are listed here. It's just hanging on your wall. It doesn't occupy a lot of space. It might burn electricity. Trust me, that would be right. boring. That's <laughs> boring. How? L- look at this. Look, okay, an, let me an give you a interactive hold on. screen hold on, wait, that wait. displays hold on. your entire collection. Hold on, no, you want to say that? I was <laughs> click, going to bring that into click a point. Here, click here for games. Hold click on. here to see my 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 music library. Click here to see my bookshelf, and you can see that swipe. is going to be and boring. Pl- what? Listen to that me. That actually be really hold cool. No, that would be mean? boring. Technically, we can do that already. We people can normally do that. No, 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 no. In the way that he's talking about, no, I get what you're saying, but. Imagine you have a giant white room. Normally, that would be a lot. Li- yeah. So, well, you walk into the, hey, you want to see my library? Yeah, go into a giant white room. You see one single large screen computer, and that's it. I kind of, that's... That's see, it, in you, that giant you room. You fill your room with other things, and then you have that. But the library like is you, not there. It's, yeah. the, you're, it's empty, so you don't just get distracted having a, from nobody, reading. Nobody just decorates their house with just a library. You know, they have people called minimalists you in have, the world, right? You have, yeah, but no, most people would not do that. Most people would have paintings they'd have a bookshelf a mix of they'd things. have maybe a rack with some video games or whatever if, they're, if they're into that they might have why would they have a rack of video games Everything's if they're into that I said they have whatever they like whatever because, hobbies they like because you have the things that mean the most to you not everything gonna mean equal amounts for example I have three bookshelves in my house right and the things that mean the most to me on there could probably fit on half of one bookshelf the rest in them can go guasa they can just disappear you know what I'm saying I, I don't really need all of that my I keep a collection of PS3 games which is just a mere handful of games even though I don't own a PS3 because I really love those games and I didn't want to part with them I have sentimental value and they're on my bookshelf as well, right? Right next to a painting by Mr. Edison Lyberg. And they're all just very nicely, you know, displayed there. For me personally, I would prefer to decorate my living room with books because that's what I value the most. So your living room is an expression of, of you as an individual. What, what it is that you value? What is it that you want to share with people? And what is it that you want to surround yourself with? So that comes into the, the whole thing I was talking about now. 
you walk into the person's home, they're a gamer, you just have two consoles, a big screen TV, and surround sound. That's it. Well, that's the, Do I that's feel like them. I'm in a gaming zone? <laughs> that's them, Cal. Do Again, I feel like a gaming it depends zone? On, it depends on what what they their aesthetics are in that situation because have you ever seen um a streamer called Sejam? Mm. He's he's a fighting game streamer. No, uh, no so no. well he's not he's not a fighting game streamer. He's more he's a what's it called a caster. So he casts like the different tournaments, but in his background he has like you know all kinds of gaming paraphernalia. Go all the way down to like Pokemon and stuff in the background. Mm. And there's there's lots of people like that that you can see in their background. They have a lot of even moist critical in his background. Yes, he has a lot yes, of. Yes, he have a lot of. Yes, his his comic book that God, he's made, God, like all creating a kind of of vibe, atmosphere in his little man cave or whatever. You're kind of walking into somebody's place expecting what you would like to see in there. No, mm. like, well, I when, yes, what I was expect to see. Now, when but. you walk into somebody's place, you're gonna see what they like in there, I hear you. and that might be a white room. That might be the clean room. But from your perspective, <laughs> but hold on, from your perspective, you just walk into that situation. Do you are you going to just get a vibe from that? You're just like probably not. Of course I you're getting know. a vibe. You're gonna get a you're gonna get, get, get you're getting you're getting whatever vibe that they decide to yeah. put off. Whatever whatever vibe they're giving off, you're gonna get it. <laughs> Alright. Alright. But yeah. So I think um we've we've shared some pretty good views on, you know, physical versus digital. You know, Kyle is a collector. I'm a collector as well. I'm a collector who's learned to give up some of his collection. And I'm not so much a collector. <laughs> and I mean, when you're in a situation like myself, you know, with a wife and and kids, you know, big kids, teenagers and so on, you kind of have to sacrifice space hold on, hold on, no. for their stuff. No, hold on. Before we, we end this topic, something just hit me. Mm. All of us play trading card games. There's digital formats of these games. Why do we play the physical? Because we like to socialize with each other. We can socialize online. Not really. Why it's not? not the same. Oh, not, not the same, same. In, especially in the trading card game world. It's not the same. Why? All why you not? can do is all you can do is like emote at people <laughs> in those. Why? That's not the same. And you also don't. You also get cards like at random. So unless you spend a ton of money, which you're already spending on physical cards, you're gonna be spending a ton of money to get random cards in a digital version. Not necessarily. I, I play Duel Master. I have not spent a cent, and I have every deck I want. Okay. And it's digital. Mm. I don't mm. spend no money. Who plays? Mm. A lot of people play uh, Duel Masters, right? But now don't they prefer to? The... Most people still prefer to play in mm. person. I think it's mostly the social well, aspect why people play physical. in person. We're going against physical versus digital. It's so, it's just more it's just more fun to play trading card games in person. I think. I think Kyle is just trying to play the devil's advocate very much so. because he knows why we we meet up for Friday Night Magic. No, yeah. but the okay. whole thing we're talking about physical versus digital. Kyle, the we whole... cannot share spicy hot Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos over the internet. <laughs> exactly. Mean? Yes, we can. And I send and it and go to Bossman and get and get a lamb burger. You can't do exactly, that stuff. Exactly, you can't do that over the internet unless you're Women, going separately. I, send it delivery. You, you're going. To, you're going to drive there by yourself after you. you just no, had a there good is. Well, see, bunch where of we games. live, we don't have that option. But overseas, on other places, Cal, where you know they playing, can deliver. You're playing a very poor game as a devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Moving so right we're, we're going to transition to the next topic, and our next topic has to do mm. with another bothersome topic. I don't know why we have so much bothersome topics today, which is adaptations, live action adaptations of animated movies or, or products or even video games, you know, adapted into. I think we all know my stance on 
No, we don't. <laughs> live action adaptations. I think anything Disney from a certain time period, you should just leave it alone because it's just a cash grab. And the main reasoning behind why I think it doesn't work is because a lot of Disney movies were taking a story, like an old story, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs or whatever, or okay. Robin Hood. And can, well, let me go Robin Hood, where you taking regular human characters from a human story and converting them to animals. And here's the problem with that. When you convert characters to, from human to animals in animation, it works because you can humanize the characters yeah. through animation and make them carry more humanoid qualities. Personification can occur very easily. Yes. yes. But with live action adaptation now, you are taking those animated characters and making them into regular animals with human voices. Well, you see... Which just completely... Like, every single time I've seen it, Lion King, Little Mermaid, it just all those animals that were in those animations just look horrendous. They just, they just look so creepy. Well, I <laughs> think, I think you shouldn't have used um the Robin Hood one because they've never tried to... They've never tried... They, they, they're they, going to get to it. They're going to get to it. Trust me. I they don't won't get think to so. It. The closest thing they made with that kind of universe is Zootopia, so they're more like you made that 3D. They're not going to go and make that... Uh, no, I don't think they will ever put that to live adaptation. Carl, don't say that. I would okay. Let me sorry. Let me put it the right way. I would hope to believe they're not crazy enough to do that. Carl, don't say that. I hope that they're <laughs> not trying to get such a huge money grab to try and do that because the issue with that is when they redid Lion King, they look like animals and so forth. Okay, of course they're not going to have the human expressions. They're not going to move exactly how like a cartoon moves. But the issue. With them taking Fox and the Hunt, not Fox and the Hunt, hear me. Robin Hood, which had like Robin Hood being a fox, what Little John being a bear, the King being a lion, all kind of different uh, zoo animals. You can't take that and render that into human format. That looks real. Well, it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't work for Robin Hood. It you wouldn't know, you work. You would have to be humans. And at that point, it's best to just make Robin Hood and done. <laughs> just make Robin Hood again, <laughs> which has been done to death. Yes, so that's the thing. So Robin Hood's been done to death. I don't think Disney would want to touch that again, especially using humans, uh, using uh, live action. Added. There's too many of Robin Hood. There's too many. But yeah, my point is still that converting animated animals to live action animals just doesn't work. <laughs> look at look at what they tried to do with Sang the Hedgehog, <laughs> the first version. Yeah, that where they had to refine it. <laughs> they had to refine it. And, and the thing is, Sonic is already like not a real... <laughs> not a real looking hedgehog. They tried mm. to make it look as real as possible, and that was a nightmare fuel. Just <laughs> like no, <clears throat> no. People my, did not um, like it. Throw it away. My take on all of this is: so far, I I can't really think of any Western adapted, like live action of any video game or animated show or series. That has been done successfully. Resident Evil. Mm, most of the Resident Evil movies are bad. Why you say that? Uh, the first one was fun. What are you talking about? The very first one okay. was fun. The first fun. one was bad. O- outside, <laughs> outside of whether or not the the acting or the the production of the movie was was good or not, Resident Evil is not a stretch because Resident Evil is based on pretty much real life things. So there's a human person mm. looking quite human 
Yes. In a video game. Versus mm-hmm. With zombies, which is deteriorated looking humans. Well, some of them didn't look so okay. lovely. Yeah, there is no Hadoken. <laughs> there is no planetary destruction. There is no reality manipulation going wait, on. Wait, yes, she, she had psychic abilities. Is that reality manipulation? What is the visual representation of that that is so taxing and hard to reproduce? Well, you're right. Okay. So, what I'm saying is I haven't seen any Western-produced um, adaptations that are good. And sometimes it leads me to wonder if it's a situation where the people who are adapting just don't understand what it is that they're adapting. I because think yeah, I a lot of times it's, that's probably the issue. They, they try to, to condense the plot so a lot of the different shows that are popular or completely toss out the plot and put their own plot to it. And it just doesn't work without, you know, what the original story, how it was meant to work. Can we specify precisely what we're talking about? Because, you see, people hear live-action adaptations. Because well, even these comic book movies are live-action adaptations. Uh-huh. Deadpool was awesome. But how can you make Deadpool wrong? <laughs> no, that's a genuine question. <laughs> They've made many things wrong, sir. The essence of Deadpool lies within his humor. Hold on. Mortal Kombat. What How could Mortal you mess Kombat? up Mortal Kombat? How did they, yeah, some people, how did they mess those up Those were pretty Kombat. bad. <laughs> how could you mess up Mortal how Kombat? Did, how did they mess up Mortal Kombat? The fight scenes were horrible. The storyline was quite just dumb. And you're trying to tell me that you did not enjoy Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. I two was hard. No, they were, I hated They two. were fun Abs- bad. They were fun, but <laughs> right. two, I hated the visuals, The visuals were done badly. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. What around that time that was that is comparable that was done very well? Mm, what when, when did, when what did, time? I was like the 90s. When did Blade come out? The first Blade. I was thinking Blade 2 for when some was reason. Blade? When did the first Blade come out? Blade. That's what I try to remember. If it was the 90s, Blade. 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 Well, yeah. Vampires. You guys are comparing okay. Blade with Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there was Mortal more. Kombat there was came out in 1995. And Blade, Blade, Blade had more guts and gore. Guts and gore, and not energy project projectiles. Um, old school kung fu classic flying sixty feet in the air levitation. Hey, we've watched old movies. Blade came out in '98. <laughs> okay, three years later. So partner, around the same time. Partner, partner. <laughs> <laughs> Look, still, still age, uh, still, okay. still, so still age, but when when I'm talking about live adaptation, it's it's just humans acting out real life acting, okay. you know, of something that is animated. Now things are animated for a reason because animation gives you certain freedoms in in terms of expressing crazy bonkers stuff, yeah, okay, and it requires you to allow yourself some creative freedom and expression, like just. Don't hold yourself back. Be guided so that you don't do a whole bunch of nonsense, right? But it, it requires, it gives you, you need some levels of freedom to do it, right? Let's look at um, um, some of them superhero movies in them and so on, right? We see them and we know what these characters are capable of. And they do a pretty good job at, at casually displaying their powers. But it all seems to be pretty muted in contrast with the source material, the, the comic books that you read. Well, I can't even say I get it. I don't understand why. Are we limited by technology at this point? No. I've seen the Chinese and the Japanese do some pretty outlandish stuff. Look at look at the um the cultivation stuff that's coming out of China. Amazing. I'm just 
absolutely stunning. Why can't we have that? Why? I don't know. Because um, people have their think tanks and they think, hey, if we do this, people is going to go ah, and give us money. But I will say this, though. I find that live action adaptations that are done outside of the US and like the UK tend to be pretty good. Very. Like yeah. the, the Kenshin um, live adaptations were Full very Metal good. Alchemist was all right. Bleach was all right. They have a Bleach live action? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah it was all right. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they were all right. They, 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 they did uh, yeah, Exactly. But why with all the money being thrown, the only live action adaptation done by the West which I would say was superbly done There's to the greatest. None. There is one. What a battle, battle angel Alita. Alita. Mm-hmm. I'm terribly sorry. I've never seen it. That she was like out. cut and pasted from the manga and anime and put it into live her action. Her eyes freaks me out. And that was beautifully <laughs> carried. I don't over. know why they had to give her anime they eyes. They carried. Well, is <laughs> she's an android. Uh, big ass, yeah. Why? They, they were she's they were a little unsettling. Yeah, but if she was not human, that's the thing. And but you'll be able to look at her and tell she's not human. But it carried over. I've watched and own. Well, have the copy of Battle Angel later on VHS and, and that, that was, movie that was Western produced. Yes, that was beautifully done the best from anime over to live action adaptation ever done i've never seen anything so well carried over they didn't go and try and change up all kind of things you have story you have characters you have the basis to work with things what about speed racer speed racer was was always speed racer if you ever watched the original speed racer which is what from the 1960s did they capture the essence of it the visuals and and all of that as a trip speed race away, people look like they're like eat but doing breakdance through the whole time with old, <laughs> old animation. I'm terribly sorry. I think they would they would my... always they would always struggle with that because the original speed racer. I'm is, terribly sorry. <laughs> I don't know. You can't. It's so weird. It's that like one, nightmare. <laughs> that, that one, the original speed racer was then kind of janky old animation. Not smooth moving where you're, again they look like they're not, they're having epileptic seizures throughout the animation. <laughs> they didn't have a whole ton of frames, frame and by the, frame the, stuff. The acting is very um, dis- like fractured, like disconnected. So Speed is like, I'm going over here now. <laughs> <laughs> like he's robotic. And like, <laughs> pointing, pointing here one moment, doing something. And like, it's almost like watching Adam West Batman. Yes. Mm. So literally yeah. almost like watching Adam West Batman. So you... they had maybe two options. They could have gone for like the the campiness of that and made it like a comedy mm-hmm. or go for the the action adventure side of it. And I guess I never actually watched that movie because I forget it was I watched be good. it, but again, even old speed racer wasn't something because of the animation style and how the story went. If you love anime, okay, you watched it and you you, you enjoyed it for what it was at the time because Again, at the time when it came out, this would have been brilliant stuff. For us, most people watching it, you just like, Ugh, no, no. Yeah. But I, I watched a lot of Speed Racer. Again, I like trying all different <laughs> years of anime. Uh, it's a robot boy, the old black and white well, kind why, of stuff. Why is it that we couldn't get the, the serious action mixed in with the campiness? What, what does that say about us, really? Because I have faith that the Japanese could pull it off. Mm-hmm. But I don't could. really have faith in... In Western production, I, I don't yeah, know. I don't why. have much faith Again, in Western writing. It's the whole thing of just trying to be creative, just be seen for something. Look, look at another one that I enjoyed the first movie to a degree, but then when he just started to hit home at me, what I'm watching, 
I never watched the, the other. I watched two. I skipped three. And I watched four just because. Just to give it a chance again. What franchise am I talking about? Michael Bay Transformers. I Transformers was the first bit of animation coming from like Japanese studios and so forth. Again, made for America, but yeah, Japanese kind of stuff. A Transformers, as I still say, is anime. And that was since I was, what, three years old and just been immersed and loved that since those times. And now I'm watching these things with Optimus Prime saying, how can you mess this up? Why? Because every time you always talk about you have to be able to um relate to the person. Nothing's wrong being able to relate to a character, but it doesn't have to be a human. Do not tell me at the end of the day, these space beings who are millions of years older than the human race by themselves, singly, are coming to your planet for the first time. And at that very specific time you come into the planet, they have something called saber rounds that can damage you. I am a con- I- We live around technology straight. These things can disguise themselves as your cell phone, as your computer, as everything around you that- Even your toaster. How are you able to fight these things and live? Talk about you have rounds no, to be able to damage Kyle, them at that I, time. Okay, so I, I have a question here, right? One of the things that the MCU has taught me is to learn to differentiate between a bad movie and a non-faithful adaptation because mm-hmm. they're not one and the same. I saw the Transformers movies and I didn't have a problem with them. And I, like you, grew up watching the Transformers. Yeah, I think the first couple were pretty decent. And then they, they kind of they went a little off the rails with like last night and stuff what, like that. What I did not like is that you have some outer space beings that have nothing to do with human culture. And you have some very racist Transformers. Well, Why? well the thing Why? is, people, people have to have a kind of like imprint on something. Because we, we always do th- stuff from the perspective of humanity. So, so anything that... Like, if, if aliens were to come down right now, they probably would have no concept of any of the things, unless they've been spying on us forever, which probably, maybe they have. But they might have, like, different modes of communication. They might have different physical attributes that we just would not understand, and they would not be able to understand our... Like, there might be different gravities on Earth versus another planet. They might be different. They might breathe a completely different substances. They might communicate only through telepathy, or they might communicate only through sound. There's just stuff that... So anytime we make something, it's very understandable that we create something that has our imprint on it for our people to be able to relate to it but and say that, you know. Yeah, because I mean, and I agree with Remy, because even if you're going to portray something that is completely alien, there must be something that is relatable to some degree. Something that we can at least say, okay, well, even if they don't speak anything, speak like us, act like us. Their biology is different from us. There must be something about they existing as a sentient being that we can relate to. And it's usually something that is societal based. So maybe, I mean, maybe they experience anger, jealousy, hatred, lust, any of these things. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to perceive any of these things not being translated universally, you know, among sentient beings. Mm-hmm. You know? No, you see, but you see, that's the thing. You just always try to humanize things. You have to, you, why you can't create something from a different Is that concept? humanizing though? It is humanizing because you have to go with the thing, hey, this person must lie. So hatred, hatred is something that only humans feel? Not necessarily, but. I swear there are animals you, you know, that feel you hatred. Know, you know, 
animals hate, feel hatred. People, yeah. People would... Um, what about the elephant that had spiked? We've seen that multiple times. The octopus. The octopus that would attack the woman every time she entered the room. It would spit water at her because she was being mean to it at one point in time. We see that also in, in chimpanzees. Well, you see, it goes all to the level of intelligence. The orcas, say, the orcas the that orcas. have been thinking. No, but you see, <laughs> Recently, friends, yeah. But you see, again, it always goes down to the level of intelligence. And again, this is Earth-based. Feelings based. don't have These nothing to do with intelligence, Carol. Well, that is... Yeah, are you sure about that? Fe- feelings is purely um a chemical reaction. Agreed. I that don't have nothing to do I with intelligence. I agree with that exactly because okay, Cal. Uh, so hold on. So some things just lack the chemical Cal. reaction because Cal. the person with the lowest IQ in the world still feel the exact same emotion that the person with the highest IQ in the world does. Well, I we're talking about people, but we're talking about creatures in general because yeah. I don't but what really... I'm trying to say is that emotions, mm. right, are not based on intelligence. Your actual sentience is not. Let me ask you a question. Based on that. What emotions does a fish have? What emotions? Kyle, I'm not a fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fish. But my thing but is. But do you like fish sticks? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so my thing is. Is it safe not... to say that's a deep cut now? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, because again, there are all kind of creatures living on this planet. And all kind of life forms. And not all of them go by that same role of having like feelings or emotions. Because again, what feelings or emotions does a slug okay, have? Okay, okay, good. A bacteria have? Okay, good. So now, an alien sentient race with the ability to travel between galaxies. Mm. Don't you think that they we would share similar emotions to them? Even though we may not share the same um, intellectual blah, 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 blah with them, right? Would it be possible to say that these sentient beings capable of interstellar light travel and all that kind of stuff would feel some form of anger, hatred, jealousy, um, happiness, love, that kind of stuff? Not necessarily, because maybe they will tell you, hey, we did a worry with those emotions, so we would be able to better they create did, a... And, and I'm glad you said that. They did away with it. Yes. Meaning at some point that they had it. Yes, and it was, meaning, a, it was a setback. Meaning that it was a universal thing and they made a conscious and or scientific decision to mutilate themselves. I wouldn't you're, use the word You're not mutilate. debunking my argument, you know, sir. I'm not debunking, <laughs> but you see, they could be just born so well, well what I'm we saying... have never had necessity. Because, wait, they haven't had movies where they say, we never had a necessity for emotions. Huh? And then you have to have... No, you remember, you would have some movies, sci-fi movies, where the creatures don't have emotions, and then somehow they start to learn emotions by interacting with humans. And I've seen that many times in a lot of things. I mean, it's a, tr- it's a particular trope. Yes. That you just see that trope. They don't know what this is, and how it is that based, feels. It is based on what? A goldfish? A fish? <laughs> well, no. An I'm evolved fish? No. I don't know what they're thinking, but they're just from did outer the high, space. Did the high evolutionary uh, <laughs> because come and evolve them? Again, how many times we've seen that? I've seen that in so much movies and animes where the, the creature does not understand emo- emotions. Look at... um. A great one, the fifth element. Okay. She, at the end of the day, had to learn emotions as time went by and so Well, that's, that's just the way they want they wanted to portray that particular storyline. But, but you see, that they can still push it because she, is she... Has she been a recurring theme throughout other sci-fi movies? I've seen that in other sci-fi where you have beings that don't understand and human that, beings and the emotions. Is and that... Like, is that natural and consistent within nature? 
I could not tell you because I, I've never spoken to an alien. So when we are portraying <laughs> these movies and characters within these movies, we do have to add some of these elements because we identify that these things occur in nature naturally. Well, you will see, find the them in every it, corner. You see, the thing about it, nature is different depending on the... Again, we're not dealing with things from all planets. But there we are similarities. But There are some, yes. But we, we've diverted far and long enough, Cal. Right? We, we were on at live action adaptations. Okay, yes. We, we've gone into <laughs> Man, some deep we were, we were going to stay focused this time around. <laughs> okay, let me get back to the live action adaptation. I don't now. even know where we were. Let, let me get back to live. No, we're talking about. <laughs> we got so far. Well, yeah, we, we, we got some home, deep thinking with that yeah, one. But, but yeah, but the whole thing with live action adaptations. Now, back to what I was saying. I yep. think we should stay away from live action, live action adaptations, and I think that the West have to have a lot to learn from the East. That, they don't that's seem my to. No, you see, the problem with this is they they're trying to walk away from what they could possibly learn from the East to make a better product. I think we always miss with the East that they just produce far more, far more at a time and quick more quickly than but the th- West. But with so, that, with so that, so what happens is you have in the West you maybe have what you maybe have like five movies in a year live action adaptations but out of the east you probably have like a hundred hold on and only five are good i also <laughs> suspect that the east is not as concerned with maximizing profits as much as the west does yeah they i think they're more interested in like some they, like they're more interested in just producing stuff and trying things because I, I was looking at like i randomly saw a trailer for or like a scene on YouTube the other day where a little baby that was like fighting Kung Fu underwater against <laughs> a giant crab or something. And he's like super OP. <laughs> he like farted on the crab and split it in half. Oh, um, and I was like, my what gosh. is this? <laughs> um, that was a different version to... What's that? Um, Baby I, Shark? No. <laughs> The God, oh my gosh, I watched it the other day. Nezua. It was something with the gods. God Fury, like something, gods of Fury. What it was is that the person was cursed as a godlike being, and he was cursed, and at the times he'll be transformed into a baby form, but still yeah. retains all his power. And then other times he can get back to his adult form. That but sounds cool. He controls, he still has all his godlike powers. It. It was a movie, and the movie trans went over into the series okay. in China. So is a is a is a Chinese movie. So your job, Kyle, mm. is to find me the name of that, so I can find it and watch it, or send I, me a I will find it. I, in I, my I, know, I can history. easily I can easily find it because <laughs> no, just link me with that. It, the movie was put to me by my girlfriend. She had us watch it over by Chris um, last year, and that's why I knew about that movie. And like when I'm watching, I'm like. Because she was trying to get me to watch it for years, and I finally watched it, and I'm like, okay. okay. There's, there's <laughs> another thing. There's another thing that pertaining to adaptations, and I think it has to do with the the board, the executive board versus the creative team. The executive board plays an important role because they're the ones who would curtail certain things because they would know what it is that they would like in order to maximize profits and whatnot, and what it is that a market could be looking for. They have that particular data and and understanding. Because we know, left to their own devices, a creative team would create the hell out of something and just go so far beyond that they miss the mark entirely. But at the same time, though, a creative 
team should be left alone enough, trusted enough to realize a particular vision. And we get it. Take it case in point, you brought up Deadpool before. That is an example of a movie where there was very little, if any, executive input on, on Deadpool, mm-hmm. particularly the first movie. But the thing about Deadpool is we had a professional person who was driven by passion, but is also somebody who is professional, professional enough that they could produce something of that particular quality and not miss the mark. Mm-hmm. So it my my thought now is how much leeway or how much should the, the executive team pull back away and allow the creative team, you know, to, to to do their work. The problem with that is that I keep on hearing in the movie world is people are afraid to take risks with their movies. Again, a lot of people thought it would be a big risk having a rated R movie and with all the contents of Deadpool uh, 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 and look, it broke records. It was a big hit. Part 2 came out, same same level. It's the fact that with the executives, they don't want to take risks because they want to be able to continue buying their lovely swimming pools. And no, but that that's understandable, <laughs> right? Because, I mean, if you, you, you get into business, you have to first figure out as... One of the things you have to figure out is who your target audience is. And I think oftentimes the the executives, the head honchos in them, they don't quite understand their target audience. Not not in, in, in everything that matters. Or, or or I should say they the target audience that they have in mind is not the actual audience for the product that they're creating. And that, that's the problem because again they, you see, a lot of them are going by statistics, and <laughs> you know, somebody I watch on YouTube called the Nostalgic Critic. He has a guy called the, these two guys called the Chart Guys. But the charts say, <laughs> and that's what they work off of. What the charts that what people might really want, but what they see statistically working, quote unquote. Because you, they people say they have all these great ideas they would love to put onto film, and then. The exec, the executives and others just find a way to just flip it on their head because they say, this is the safer thing. Almost everything we watch nowadays is almost always cut and paste. You have a, a, for instance, you have a duo of people. For some reason, they're now going to have some kind of big issue with each other near to the middle of the movie and then get back together to solve the problem at the end of the movie. How much movies have you seen with that stupid trope? Too many. I mean, too many. <clears throat> that, that that becomes a question of how many different um unique stories are available to tell. Until there you are run tons, out. <laughs> but they're afraid to take a chance with that unique story. Almost every movie. Let me go in. Uh, l- let me go more recent. I just watched at the time of this podcast in a, uh, where we live. They're showing Knights of the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Saint Seiya for people who watch the anime. I go in to the movie. Blind to what I might see in the movie except for the trailer. And the trailer looked decent. Because, you know, nowadays with trailers, they show you all the best parts. Mm-hmm. And then you go watching the movie and you're like, what did I just watch? I saw the parts in the trailer, but then, yeah, um, this is not what I wanted. So now I walk into the movie. All right. Big stars pop up one time. The the chef for um, Iron Chef, you know, the, the, what is he, Japanese? I think it's the Japanese guy, the host for Iron Chef. I think he's Japanese. And um, <laughs> the guy that dies in almost all movies. Sean Bean. Bean. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kill me now. Sean Bean. And Wait, spoiler the, the guy from Iron Chef as in Sir Sir Lee? Yeah, the, the host. 
he was a winner of Iron Chef at some point. He's the host, the host of Iron Chef. Yeah, he was the winner, but I think he was the, the, the main host of Iron Chef for many years. But no, not him. The no. other, the host of, no, 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 not, not, okay, so not, not, not sir, sir. No, <laughs> look for the host of Iron Chef uh, and you, you'll see who I'm talking about. You'll mm-hmm. know him instantly. Yeah, and I am going to the movie. All right. Start of the movie. Okay, they didn't have uh, incense here. Everything. They started, it was in Greece. They were having a tournament in Greece to, to figure out who would get the armor of the Pegasus. All right. They have it underground. I said, all right, I, I don't have a problem with that. Now, he's fighting in tournaments with an unknown power that he never, that he doesn't know really about himself. I'm like, okay. He knew about this power and was fighting to cultivate this power along with the other people of Greece in the original. All right. Let me leave that alone. His sister. Yeah, we can't break down this entire movie. No, we're not breaking down the entire but movie. I've but seen, I'm just talking I'm about the first. This, this movie got like a 4.5 out of 10. It 25% on it, it, Rotten Tomatoes. It got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> it got plenty. So, was it, I'm just talking about the first five minutes. Was it that bad? Compared to the original source material, atrocious. Well, here's what I would say. I don't think Sensei is that good in the first place. Like, Sensei is classic The manga anime. and the anime. No, it's I don't classic. really think it, it's that good. So It's niche. It's, yeah, it's, it's classic. Very, it's very niche. But it's classic. That's the thing about it. It's classic old school anime mm. and, and manga. It is the what was the big thing at the time. Because to up to you. Now, <laughs> no, to Japan and so forth. Don't forget Sensei is a big thing mm, over there. Probably, probably over there. And again, yeah. but they created. In, in the West, where we live. We didn't get that for <laughs> many. So we didn't get that for many years later in the West, and uh, we when had I say, power in tun- uh, tsunami. Yes, and Japan had se- um, um, Super Sentai, which is uh, after learning about it, I totally have dis- disregarded the Power Rangers and now stick only to Super Sentai. Because <laughs> let me tell you this: Todd, you can't, you can't, can't, you can't take over like from classic characters like Tommy. Oh no, it was fun at the time. Yes, Kyle. it was fun. <laughs> but then, hold on, how many times can you destroy Angel Grove? Kyle, a million times. You 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 have, have to, to have understand, right? You have to understand, right, Kyle, that you are the nerd's nerd. You're nerd squared. <laughs> okay, well, I'm in the right place then. So my thing is, no, with that same movie, it was just the same kind of cut and paste thing where in the first five to seven minutes of the anime, he already got his armor in the first episode. Uh-huh. He didn't get the armor till the end of the movie. In this movie, of course, I f- yeah, that's usually how you do how they Why? do live action. Why you had other characters you could have built around? Because it's around five of them. I think let me see. It's I think it's five. Of, it's four or five of them in the team, and you could tell me he only meets one near to the end, and they have a big fight, and that's it. You sound you sound hurt, Kyle. Hurt because at the end of the day, <laughs> even the ending was something they copied and pasted from something else. They technically copied and pasted. The end of the movie with um the Phoenix and Wolverine scene, where she's walking up to to the Phoenix and trying to reason with her and so forth, get a hold of herself. He's doing the exact same thing. It his arm is being stripped off, his skin is being melted, and he's just continuing to fight. It forward. was an epic scene. But instead of driving claws through her chest, he drove words through her heart. <laughs> that sounds epic. <laughs> Cal- let, let, let me share with you some some wisdom, okay? Mm. That I've learned from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, okay? Oh, Lord. The adaptations exist within their own universe, Kyle. You're right with that. And you're just going to have to accept it as No, it they is. just start getting my money. Mm. Yeah. Okay? You, you sound like how I was after Marvel Phase 1 and 2. 
if you're going to make these things, hold on. The problem is you have too much content out there to wonder what you can properly do with it. And again, stop making movies with heroes that they don't get their powers till the end when you know at the start they should have these powers. Work along the other characters with them. Stop trying to force this character down your throat and show some kind of great development. Or, if you want to do that, do part one with it. This is why people don't like movies. Or, or you could just not watch live adaptations, Kyle. Which is not good. I've <laughs> seen it's clips. Be, it's better, it's better I've than seen clips and I'll go lie. I've seen clips. Um, but I've not really sat down and watched but it. But if you watch it, you, you would you would appreciate it. Kylie didn't right. look cool to me. I'm it didn't look cool, but you can't watch it. Sensei does not look cool. But you see, it's old anime. It's just like how I've never watched Sailor Moon. Well, not that old. You see, I never watched Sailor Moon. I'm not interested in magical girls transforming. But what I'm interested in is humans with unrealistic muscle mass doing unrealistic martial arts <laughs> with demons <laughs> with their backs looking like demon faces <laughs> Backy. you know you, you know what yeah, you know and i'm I, not a big fan of back you, you, know, you know if the you would watch a live action adaptation of Baki? no oh thank you <laughs> thank it would it much. would just be um mma <laughs> we watch listen no, okay guys be, no. right, to be fair right we watch anime because of what it is that anime gives us, okay? What it does and how we feel about it. To go and watch a live-action adaptation of an anime, to me, is just putting yourself to unnecessary torture. It's, it, it, you know, a, live, a live adaptation, a live adaptation of, a, of a game, I can understand. But certain things, I mean, we have different mediums for a reason. And I think that um, certain things should just be animated. And stay that way. Yeah. It's animated exactly. for a reason. There's you, know? a, it's a, uh, you see the thing about it, why we watch live adaptations is to see that world brought into our world. It's a, to see it's somebody's, a morbid curiosity. Yes, but... Like watching a dead... Like watching Roadkill, Kyle. So hold on. Have you never envisioned yourself in the role of a character that you have watched? Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sometimes you want to see that hyper-realized into life. No, no I don't. No, but a lot. Uh, what I mean? I'm okay. I'm I'm okay with it not not being. Some done. people right. want to see it, see a better vision. Like, hey, this would uh, like you mentioned earlier, Hadokens. Somebody would like to see what would that actually look like in real life. You know what? You're right, Kyle, and that is why we watch YouTubers do it on YouTube because they know how it's supposed to look and they do it better for so the fun, sig- the for fun. like zero point five percent of the cost. The fan base. But anyway, we're, and with that, we're, we're going to have to wrap up because we're yeah. coming close. We're coming to close to the hour. time. We're over the time we're limit. Over hour, but um, guys, do you have any recommendations for this week? In terms of anything. Live action Book to read. Like, I would recommend, um, if you can find it, to read um, Reaper of the Drifting Moon. I highly recommend that for persons into martial arts, um, assassinations, and that kind of stuff. Definitely read that. I, on my hand, would tell you if you want to go into outer space and just feel different, see the world and view emotions and personal personal thought patterns on a different wavelength, watch Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ah. And for me, I have a manga suggestion. Um, it has a lot of chapters, so you can get into it and just keep reading and reading until you reach then. It's Kingdom. It's um, mm, it's about stuff, the unification stuff. of China. Good stuff, good stuff. To be so the I think it's like his, yeah, historical fantasy. Really good fights, really 
cool characters, lots of ca- character development. So, yeah, get into that. All right. So this wraps up this week's episode of Beachside Nerds. Y'all have a great week <laughs> and we'll catch you guys later. Peace out. Thank you.